0: Welcome to Air Crash Investigation, the podcast, where we dissect the most memorable and forgotten air crashes in aviation history. In this episode, we'll be talking about the miracle on the Hudson, US Airways Flight 1549. But before we continue, I have two things to say. Number one. Thank you so much for 100 plays. When I tell you I was screaming and shouting in utter joy, believe me, I appreciate each and every one of you that takes time out of their day to listen to this podcast. I really do appreciate you. And number two, to connect with you, I started an Instagram account at ACI underscore the underscore podcast, whereby we can have conversations about all things aviation. These conversations include reminders for new episodes, trailers for new episodes, Instagram lives, where we can connect in real time. And what's more exciting is that you, the listener, can request episodes and will be credited when I make these episodes. So the handle is at A-C-I underscore T-H-E underscore P-O-D-C-A-S-T but now that's out of the way i hope you're excited because i am and let us just get started u.s airways flight 1549 was scheduled for the 15th of january 2009 and was coming from new york city's la guardia airport and was going to charlotte douglas international airport the aircraft itself was an airbus a320-214 which had two GE aviation slash designed cfm 56 CFM56-5B4-slash-P-turbofan engines. This information is important for the investigation. There were 150 passengers and three flight attendants on board. The flight crew. The pilots who were flying the aeroplane were Captain Chelsea Sally Stallenberger was 57 years old at the time of the quote unquote crash and was a fighter pilot. At the time he had 19,663 total flight hours and first officer Jeffrey Skills, who was 49 and acquired 20,727 total flight hours, but had a small amount of flight hours on the A320, sorry. The pilot in command on that flight was Captain Salenberger, and he had 4,765 flight hours on the 8th of 20. This is crucial for the investigation. At 24 minutes past three in the afternoon, flight 1549 or Cactus 1549 was declared for takeoff. was cleared for takeoff, and at 25 minutes past 3 p.m., the airplane became airborne. The flight was normal for about two minutes and when, during the climb, Cactus 1549 struck a flock of Canada geese at an altitude of 2,818 feet or 859 meters, which was about 4,5 miles or 7,2 kilometers away from La Guardia Airport. The pilots could only see the geese and the passengers saw flames come out of the engines and could smell fuel. While this was happening, the pilots realized that both the engines had shut down. As a result, Captain Salenberger took control of the plane while First Officer Skills was doing the checklist for engine restart. The aeroplane itself slowed down but it continued to climb for 19 seconds reaching 3060 feet or 930 meters with an airspeed of 185 knots. 343 kilometers an hour or two hundred and thirteen miles per hour. Then flight one five four nine or cactus one five four nine began to glide and descend through one thousand six hundred and fifty feet or five hundred meters at an average speed of two hundred and ten knots, three hundred and ninety kilometers per hour or two hundred and forty miles per hour. At twenty-seven minutes past three, Captain Sullenberger made contact with the New York Terminal Radar Approach Control, or TRACON for short. And he said, and I quote, This is Cactus 1539. We've hit birds. We have lost thrust on both engines. We are turning back towards LaGuardia, end quote. Then he asked the controllers for landing options in New Jersey because he realized that he could not make it back to LaGuardia airport. The crew of Cactus 1549 was given permission to land at Teterboro, sorry, airport, specifically runway one. At first, Captain Salenberger said yes, he could land at Teterboro, Ter-ter- this airport name, but then he recounted that by saying, and I quote, we can't do it. We are going to be in the Hudson, end quote. Then Captain Salenberger flew the aircraft plus minus 900 feet or 270 meters above the George Washington Bridge. Then he yelled the phrase, brace for impact, to the crew and passengers. And before they hit the water, Captain Selenberg and First Officer Skills asked the Coast Guard to alert the vessels that were in the Hudson River and also asked them to prepare for rescue. At 29 minutes to 4, the plane dished into the Hudson River. If you do not know what ditching means, ditching or water landing is the controlled emergency landing of an aircraft on water. If you'd like to know where I found that definition, check it out on the Instagram page at A-C-I-Underscore-T-H-E-Underscore-Podcast. Captain Salenberger then ordered an evacuation and this was made more difficult because someone had opened the rear left door which allowed more water to enter the plane. Eventually, after making sure that nobody was left on board, Captain Sullenberger left the plane. The temperature that day was low, with it being minus 7 degrees Celsius or 19 degrees Fahrenheit, and the water temperature was 5 degrees Celsius or 41 degrees Fahrenheit. The aeroplane was ditched near boats so it made it easier for rescuers such as water ferries, the US Coast Guard, police, helicopters, other vessels and divers to come to their aid. There were 95 people who had minor injuries and 5 people who had injuries which were more severe. Majority of the passengers suffered hypothermia due to the cold water and they also suffer from PTSD. One person actually became blind and now they have to wear glasses. The board slash bureau which was involved in the investigation was the National Transportation Safety Board or the NTSB of the United States. They assessed the plane and noticed that the plane had lost thrust after a bird strike which was corroborated by the cockpit voice recorder and the flight data recorder they also found that two days before the ditching the airplane experienced a compressor stall, which is a local disruption of the airflow in the compressor of a gas turbine or turbocharger and a stall that results in the complete disruption of the airflow through the compressor is referred to as a compressor surge so that's what i think i think the aeroplanes offered a compressor surge rather than a stall because you can from a store and I got this information at wikipedia.org however the affected engine was restarted there was also a faulty temperature sensor but this was fixed before flight 1509 took place on the 21st of January the NTSB found that the light engine had suffered soft body damage and had feathers amongst other things the left engine also had, and I quote, Dents on both the spinner and inlet lip of the engine cowling. Five booster inlet guide vanes are fractured and eight outlet guide vanes are missing, end quote. As a result, both engines were taken back to their manufacturer to be evaluated. On the 31st, bird remains were identified to be those of Canadian geese which weigh more than engines are designed to withstand and inject without causing ingest, sorry, without causing major issues. To try and justify the ditching, the NTSB used multiple flight simulators to test the possibility that the flight could return safely to La Guardia airport, or rather reach Terboro airport. Only 7 out of 13 simulated returns returned to La Guardia Airport and only 1 out of 2 made it to Terboro Airport. I do have to add that while the investigation was still being done, Captain Sullenberger faced scrutiny from the public. The public was blaming him for the quote-unquote crash and that he could have made it back to La Guardia. But he asked, "Why it he decided to risk the lives of his passengers by ditching his plane into the hudson
1: however
0: there is evidence that and i quote the immediate turn made by the pilots during the simulations did not reflect or account for real world considerations such as the time delay required to recognize the bird's right and decide on a course of action end quote another flight simulation was done but this one had a 35 second delay End result it crashed At the hearing, Mr. Sullenberger insisted that there was just no time to fly or glide the airplane to an airport and that if he had attempted to do that, he would have likely killed everyone on board and more people on the ground. In the end, the NTSB ruled that Mr. Sullenberger made the right decision, reasoning that the checklist for dual engine failure is designed for higher altitudes also while the simulations showed that he could have made it to any airport the scenarios assumed an instant decision to do so which allowed no time to assess the situation properly captain Sullenberger didn't fly for much longer with him retiring on the 3rd of march 2010 whereby he was reunited with the first officer skills and some of the passengers from the flight 1549 on the 4th of may The NTSB issued its final report, which singled out the probable cause to be, and I quote, the ingestion of large birds into each engine, which resulted in an almost total loss of thrust in both engines. End quote. This report honored the outcome too, good decision making and the teamwork to the crew. The A320 certification for extended overwater operation. The perfect execution of the evacuation of passengers, and finally the proximity of the vessel to the ditching site. Contributing factors that were mentioned in the report were good visibility and the fast response times from the ferry operators and first responders. In the end, the Guild of Airports, Air Pilots, and Air Navigators citation said in relation to the report the uh, the reactions of all members of the crew, the split second decision making and the handling of this emergency and evacuation was textbook and an example to us all. To have safely executed this emergency ditching and evaluation, evacuation with the loss of no lives is a heroic and unique aviation achievement end quote. The, The Guild of Air Pilots and Air Navigators awarded the crew the Master's Medal for Outstanding Aviation Achievement. In the media, Chelsea Salenberger wrote a memoir called Highest Duty, My Search for What Really Matters, and in 2019, this memoir was turned into a movie, Sally. Starring Tom Hanks and Aaron Eckhart, it is available on the U.S. version and I also think on the U.K. version of Netflix. A whole lot of recommendations were made, and some of those include implementation of new engine technology, requiring manufacturers to manufacturers to. Developing comprehensive guidelines for emergency and abnormal checklist design and development. Providing training and guidance to pilots that inform them about the visual illusions that can occur when ditching. Requiring the company Airbus to amend the ditching portion of the engine dual failure checklist. There are so many more recommendations. And you can check them out at www.ntsb.gov forward slash in capital letters AAR1003 or at ACI underscore the underscore podcast for a simpler version. And that is really the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, I do appreciate each and every one of you who take time out of your day to listen to this podcast. I really do appreciate you and don't forget to go and follow the Instagram account and I will talk to you and I'll see you in my next episode. Bye.